We're going to continue on this week talking about what we talked about last week. Um, last week we looked at Acts chapter 2 and we looked at verses 42 to 47. And as we looked at those verses, we came up with seven things that were very much the focus of the early church right at the very beginning. And we talked about how we need to be praying that those seven things would be evident in our church. And so what we're going to do now, starting with today, is, is we're going to start by looking at each one of those seven things each week. So this week we're going to focus on one of them. And what we're going to focus on today is God's Word. And so our study tonight is a thirst for God's Word. And we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And if you're using a pew Bible, that's page 628. So let me just kind of remind you of what we said last week so we can get our focus where it needs to be. First of all, many believers are confused about what the church is, or even what the church is about. Many folks are just flat out confused. Uh, if you were to talk to them about church, you know, somebody would say, well, you know, what's your political stance? Does a church need to have a political stance? You know what I'm saying? Mostly it doesn't. It shouldn't. Those that do alienate themselves from other people. Some people say, what's your, what's your position on this, on abortion, or on this social issue? Well, we have a position, but we don't live there. There's other things to focus on in the Christian life. So a lot of people are con totally confused about what church is. And so a lot of people in their minds, church is just simply something to attend on Sunday they kind of see it like the Elks, and, you know, they expect a certain kind of, because membership brings a few perks, whatever that means. So uh, many believers are confused, and you'd be shocked. And how you know they're confused is, is look at how often they attend. If they don't really understand the reason for being in a body of believers that's the church, they're not going to be committed to coming to things. They're not going to be focused there. So, you know, to them it's just a service. But you and I actually know that there's more to the church than that. And so that's where these seven things come up. So I'm just going to go through with you again what it was saying in that scripture. I'm going to give you key words, okay? First one is God's word. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What's the apostles' teaching? Well, we have it in the scriptures now. It's the teaching of the apostles as Jesus gave it to them. It's God's word. So their focus was on God's word. And we're going to elaborate on that a little bit more a little bit later. Also, fellowship. What does fellowship mean? Spending time with each other. One of the most... One of the, one of the key things about a fellowship of believers or a church is not just the worship service, but how we spend time with each other later on. We have studies, we have prayer meetings like this, we have, uh, we have functions that we do where we can connect together and enjoy each other's company, we have service projects that we do where we can help each other out. The issue is about spending time with each other. 
The next component is worship, and it says in Acts that they broke bread. That refers to communion. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is not talking about music, although music can be a part of it. When we talk about worship, we're talking about an all-encompassing worship where we worship God with our lives. And that's reflected in the fact of the Lord's table. Because when we come to the Lord's table, what do we recognize? I'm only here because of Jesus. If it wasn't his, wasn't for his sacrifice, I wouldn't be forgiven. And I worship you, Lord, because of that. So worship. The next component is prayer. And they devoted themselves to prayer. And that's what we're trying to get back into a reality back here at our church, is devoting ourselves to prayer. And we'll, I don't need to say much more there. The other thing was is that they were in awe of God's presence in their midst. They saw God do things in their midst. And it caused them to fear God because he was holy, he was great, he was awesome. So God's presence. And then finally, impact. Because of these other things taking place in the church, and especially because of God's presence in their midst, they saw people come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Now, it was brought up last week, and I thought it was a really good point. We live in a different time now. You're not go- we shouldn't expect thousands to come or even hundreds to come, but we live in a time where we can expect some to come. There's always a remnant who are being called, and we can try to reach out to them with the gospel. So, what really is the issue? If we're going to focus on the word, God's word, let's really talk about it today. If we've lost our focus with God's word, what's it about? Well, here it is. We've lost the love for God's word. It's not a priority. In fact, I'm amazed. You know, you guys know that I travel overseas and when I go overseas to, to certain countries where the Word of God is restricted, where people can't get it readily, they'll do anything for it and read it. As soon as they get one, they read it and wear it out. But here we are in the United States, and we have so many Bibles. We have them sitting around. We have, if you have a smartphone or a computer or something or a device, you've got a Bible app on it. And you can, if you need a Bible, you can go to Ollie's. We give away Bibles here. And the fact of the matter is, is if you were to ask the typical person in our church, how's your Bible reading time? Some of them would say, yeah, they do have it, but it's a struggle. And, and somehow the importance of God's word isn't what it should be in our lives anymore. It's like we've lost a love for God's word. We've lost a love for God's word. Now, here, when we do that, here's what happens, and I think this is where we're at today with a lot of Christianity in North America. The shallowness of our spiritual lives reflects a lack of reading the Bible for ourselves. The fact of the matter is, is a lot of people are shallow. All right, so let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, so I've been a believer for over 30 years. And so I can remember 30 years ago going to a little church, and people there knew their Bible. 
They knew their Bible, so they knew right and wrong. They knew what was right and what was wrong. Fast forward 30 years now, and you talk to people, especially young people, and even though they were raised in the church and everything, they don't know the difference between right and wrong anymore. They don't. Somehow, yes, they say they love Jesus, but their lives are shallow. So they involve themselves in things that we would never have thought of involving ourselves in years ago. In fact, they're condoning things and accepting things, and, and now it, it's almost like you hear everybody said, everybody's going to heaven. There's no, not even a, 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 um, a burden for the lost anymore because everybody's going to make it. Where do you get your burden for the lost? From reading God's Word. From recognizing how God sees the world. And so the shallowness of our spiritual eyes reflects a lack of reading the Bible for ourselves. So that brings us to how do we get a focus on the Word? How do we get a focus on God's Word? So let me read to you 2 Timothy chapter 14, excuse me, chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. He says this to Timothy, Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So I'm going to point out four things here that will help us to try to get our focus back on the Word of God. Okay? Now some of these, you know, because I'm, I'm, I've interacted with you, some of these don't apply to you, but they do apply to a lot of folks, different folks in our church. So let me just kind of go through them. Number one, verse 14, notice what he says there, remind them of these things. What things is he talking about? He's talking about everything he talked about up into this point of verse 14. So the Word of God reminds us of truth concerning Jesus and salvation. It reminds us. All right, so let me ask a question. Do you need to be reminded about your salvation periodically? What that means? Do you think, that, do you think that's necessary? To be reminded about what salvation entails, about why you were saved, how you were saved, what Jesus did for you. Do you think that's very important for us as believers to be continually reminded of that? Okay, Mary says yes, okay. Why? Why do we need to be reminded? Yep. Okay, that's good, May, because what she's saying is, is we let everything else come in the way that we forget. And it's not just the everyday stuff that happens that we get distracted by, but also, I would also say for believers, one of the biggest things that will get you distracted from the truth of salvation is your sin. Yeah, you know, if you if you get entangled in sin, 
first thing you're going to forget about is you're going to start thinking about, well, maybe God doesn't love me, maybe he doesn't accept me. And the reality is, is that your salvation has nothing to do with you. It has to do with everything with Christ. So we have to be reminded in all of these areas, not just in our personal lives, but also from the things that distract us and so forth. So the Word of God reminds us of truth concerning Jesus and salvation. Now, when you go on to the rest of verse 14, you're like, what's he talking about there? Well, if we're going to get focused on God's Word, here's what we're not to do. We should not spend our time arguing over trivial things. We should not spend our time arguing over trivial things. Now, how many of you remember, I can remember being in Sunday school where, where, where the teacher, the Sunday school teacher, would share a truth and there would be a guy in, in, in the group who would object to what was taught and then he would go off on some tangent about something that really made no sense or was so trivial it really wasn't worth spending time on. Have you ever been in a Sunday school class like that where, where people just want to argue about everything and anything and they miss the bigger picture of stuff? That's what he's talking about here. He's talking about you and I need to quit arguing over little words and idle things and focus our attention on what we need to do and what God's Word says. And so that happens. It happens. In fact, I, I talked to pastors and, you know, like here recently in the last couple of years, the whole blood moon thing, because one guy on the TV talks about blood moons, that kind of created a problem in his church of all of a sudden there's people talking about the importance of understanding the blood moons and what it means for Israel. Uh, folks, I've read the Bible. The Bible does not talk about blood moons. I don't care what that preacher said. But that's just idle, wasted time worrying about that when we could be focused where? On God's word and what he's telling us for us and for our church and for our community. See, the focus, when we focus on the word, we're not going to spend our time arguing over trivial things. Verse 15 tells us, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a, work, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Here's the third thing. We're called to know God's word. We're called to know God's word. I was listening to an uh, interview with Chuck Swindoll. I think everybody's heard of Chuck Swindoll, right? And Chuck Swindoll, they were asking him about the importance of God's word. And he just came right out and said, you know, you just need to spend 20 minutes a day. If you would devote yourself to 20 minutes a day, Chuck Swindoll said, it will change your life. If you just spent 20 minutes a day in God's word, it'll change your life. And I believe that. If you get into God's Word, God's going to speak to you through His Word. And it's going to change you as you respond to Him. So then, notice now, he said, But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So what's he saying here? Don't get yourself focused on that which is trivial and insignificant. So there are certain things we're not going to talk about here. Really, we're not going to talk about politics. I am completely amazed. 
I, don't, I cannot remember a time like the time we're living in right now. I mean, uh, I think a lot of you, I mean, you, all of you are older than me. I don't think that we have been so saturated with what's going on here and there and the politics of it, and it's just dividing people. It's just making people angry. And you know what? We don't need to focus on that. We need to be a place where people can come and what? Know that it's a safe place. They're not going to focus on that. They're going to focus on what? Well, one thing we're going to focus on here, the first thing is God's Word. What does God's Word say? So we're called to know God's Word. And as a church, our focus as a church has to be God's Word. It's what guides us. It's what, it's what leads us in our whole structure. So, how do we pray about this then, George? How do we use this, these four things out of God's Word? How do we become focused as a church? So, I'm going to give you some thoughts here. <clears throat> and you can write these down on your own. There's not a slot there for you to write them down. Okay? Number one, we need to pray when we think about our church. Number one, we need to pray that God would create a thirst in all of our hearts for his word. An unquenchable thirst. We need to pray that God would create in our hearts an unquenchable thirst. Here's the second one. It's just as important as the first one. We need to pray that God would speak to us through his word. That's exciting. When you're reading and you sense that God is telling you something or showing you something, that helps create the desire to want to know more. So we really need to pray and ask God that he would speak to us through his word. The third thing that we can pray for, you know, you say the first two are individual. They could just be for individuals. But the third thing is, is that you would pray that our church would always, always put God's word in the forefront. Not our feelings, not what the group thinks, because sometimes what God's word says goes against what the group thinks but that our focus as a church would be on the authority and inspiration of God's word and its authority for our lives and how we operate as a church. And then I guess, fourthly, you can pray that I, as I, the pastor, communicate that, that God would speak through me, through his word, and that I would be true to his word. So those are some things that we can think about in that. And, and you really need to examine your own life. Where are you at as far as his word? Where's your focus? And just pray about our church. Why don't we pray right now? Father, we thank you for your love, your goodness, and I thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through your word. I also pray, Lord, that as we Think about your word in our lives. Would you create in us a thirst for you and your word? And with that thirst, Lord, would you speak to us through your word? 
Would you show us the things that we need to know for our lives? Lord, would our church continue to keep the word of God at the forefront because of its authority and inspiration? God, would you help us? And would you help me, Lord, as I, I teach your word to, to stay true to your word and to, to be used of you to speak to the hearts of others? Lord, we ask these things for our church and for our own lives. We ask this now in Christ's name. Amen.